to the VitaFoods Insights podcast. Join us as we explore the latest science and innovation, helping the global health and nutrition industry connect, develop, and progress. Today's host is Natalia Franco-Rocha, content producer. Hello, and welcome to another VitaFoods podcast episode. Today, we'll be exploring the topic of pharma to nutri transition. I'm joined by Dilip Ghosh, who's the principal consultant at NutriConnect in Australia and who's also part of our own VitaFoods content advisory board. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dilip, to talk about this pharma to nutri transition intersection that we're seeing more of these days. My pleasure. To get us started then, can you share more with our listeners that are tuning in? How are nutraceuticals being reshaped and linked to the pharma industry? If you see in the past few decades, the world has witnessed explosive growth of multi-billion dollar industry known as functional food, nutraceutical, or phytomedicine. So nutraceutical appeared to be the benefit in both ways. Nutraceutical in some cases that can prevent or cure the disease, but most of the cases consumer use nutraceutical as a preventive or reduced conventional medicine also. From scientific point of view, as you know, the pharmaceutical is mostly a single molecule pure product, but nutraceutical mostly made from the multiple component. So that means there is uh, some action you cannot get from pharmaceutical, but you can get from nutraceutical from synergistic activity. The healthcare industry around the world they are undergoing a tremendous functional and structural changes. That is from fee-for-service to the value-based service, most of the countries. There are many bioactives. Sometimes we call the pro-drugs, like the polyphenols, fibers, friendly bacteria, essential fatty acid, symbiotic. They are sitting in between drug and the food also. So that means it's a very important area. And most of the pharma company, they are also looking as an alternative for their blockbuster philosophy. And that is a simple diversification. And what would you say are the market dynamics and drivers for the pharma to nutri transition? Yeah, if you see the current market share of nutraceutical, including herbal and all other nutraceutical, that is 400 billion US dollars. That is phenomenal growth. Whereas the pharmaceutical industry, that is definitely much, much higher than the nutri industry, but that is 1.27 trillion. But most of the country, the growth of the pharmaceutical industry is 2 to 5%. In Australia, the pharmaceutical growth is 2%. Whereas the nutraceutical industry, some country like China, India, and all these emerging markets like the Russia, Argentina, Brazil, their market growth is around 15 to 16%. So that's a huge, huge potential in this area. If you see the last few years current trend that is published in 2019, the four major health platforms, that is cognition, brain health, heart health, digestive health, and bone and joint. And these are all reflection of the world is aging. And they have plenty of money to purchase this nutraceutical product. And these are healthy aging products that driven the market in a new direction also. 
That does sounds like a very exciting and also fast-growing sector, especially for the emerging markets, as you mentioned. Now, with our listeners in mind and brand owners looking to expand into this space, can you share more about the market perspective, consumer, and branding as well? Yeah. If you see the both pharmaceutical industry and nutraceutical industry, they are interdependent. And also, they have some shared challenges also. Pharma industry in uh, most of the country, they are very matured industry, but whereas the functional food nutraceutical industry at a growth phase or in some country at the very infancy. But I personally think all nutraceutical industry, they are targeting some health benefit or disease claim also. They should follow the pharma model of product development. But at the same time, they should be focused on the consumer centric. That means all their re-engineering, marketing and branding strategy that should be focused on the consumer. But pharma industry, they don't care consumer. So if you can mix this together, then you can lead the market. What about the current pharma high-risk, high-margin business model to low-cost, high-volume neutral business and the replacing of the blockbuster concepts? Can you share more insights on those? If you see last one decade trend, the industry, uh, mostly the pharma industry, they have some three interrelated tipping points. Uh, it's a very, very challenging points that what the industry sells, first tipping point, that is service model versus therapies. Second, to whom they sell, mass market or niche market. And the last thing, how it should be organized, the marketing connection versus the integration. That transition from high risk, high margin pharma model to low risk, high volume neutral model is inevitable. If you see the patent cliff, most of the blockbuster patent that already expired. So if you see in 2011, the four blockbuster drugs patent that expired, that is Lipitor, Cabuet, Combivir, and Solodine. So that means the pharma company, they are looking for alternative route to generate their new revenue. And that's why they have to move to a new domain where they not only treat the patient, but also they can support their consumer or patient for the wellness. And particularly after this COVID pandemic, entire world, they moved from that pharmaceutical, that illness to wellness. So we are all looking for our healthy life, healthy body. And you know, the immune boosting is so common in today's world also. I think we need very strong reform in both industry. And if you see industry like GSK, Pfizer, they are hardcore pharma company. They are moving to the nutraceutical space where the traditional food company like Nestle is the very common example. They are moving to the medical food category. They bought maybe 10 companies in last six, seven years. So I think it's inevitable. And if you see the business model also, particularly the pharmaceutical company, they are moving from treatment to the outcome. Great example is the Novo Nordic. This is the world leading pharma company in diabetes control. But 
they are not only selling the diabetic drug, but they are selling the deliveries. They are supporting diabetic clinicians. They are giving free diabetic testing instrument to the patient. And they are giving millions, billions dollars of diabetic instrument to the clinician or healthcare industry. So that's why the industry is moving also from treatment to the service model. That's so interesting. Thanks so much for sharing. Lots of good information for our listeners tuning in. And now considering regulations, aspects of things, how is the regulatory landscape around pharma and nutrient changing? I think this is a little bit tricky area because the entire commercial focus is now the emerging market. As I mentioned, China, India, Brazil, Argentina, Romania, South Africa, there is a tremendous growth and demand from the consumer in this area. But their regulatory platform that is not harmonized. So different country has different regulatory regime also. But good thing is some big countries like India, they introduced one very, very unique platform, phytopharmaceuticals. That is pharmaceutical, but derived from the plant. It is not a drug as a single molecule. It should have four minimum ingredients, but doctors can legally prescribe this phytopharmaceutical. So this is a scheduled drug. Australia also, TG also introduced a new category that is listed assessed complementary medicine. That means if you have clinical trials, you can go for a special claim, high-level claim with your product also. So that means that there is some regulatory evolution in different countries, some big markets also, but still we need some global harmonization in this area. My advice for your big budget for R&D, go to the third world country like India, China, and do your research work in this country. You will get a, a high level of clinical trial at the minimum price also, and also develop the partnership. Without partnership, without collaboration, you cannot do anything. So that means the pharmaceutical and nutraceutical partnership is very important. Amazing. That's great advice for our listeners and the companies out there. Thank you so much, Dilip, for providing us with such great insights today. I'm also sure it's being of great benefit for our listeners to understand more about this trending topic and the emerging market countries focusing around this transition from pharma to nutra. So thank you for that. And before we wrap things up, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners today? As you see, the present that medical food or nutraceutical disease focused nutraceutical area that is controlled by pharma industries. And all the big pharma industries like GSK, Novartis, Pfizer, Abbott, their most revenue coming from their nutraceutical or medical food business. So to be successful in this area, my suggestion, you should always follow the pharma-driven product development, that is the evidence-based product development. But you have to change your focus from illness, sickness industry to the wellness industry. So that means the nutraceutical industry. That means you have to focus more on prevention and promotional aspect. So there are many peripheral uh, opportunity for the nutraceutical industry to treat some chronic diseases like obesity, tuberculosis, diabetes, arthritis, malaria type of things. So that means it is not only prevention, you can go for the treatment also some disease. 
I think the combination therapy is the breakthrough concept. So there are few products in the market. They combine with the pharmaceutical entity with the functional food entity. And that not only cured the patient, but they only reduce the economic cost of this healthcare industry also. That's a great way to end the show. And we certainly look forward to keep up with the market updates around Pharma and Nutra. Thanks again, Dilip, for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to check the show notes that will allow you to link to the information discussed in today's podcast, as well as any sponsorship opportunities. Be sure to stay tuned, subscribe, and even suggest to a friend. Thank you.